Hello, America. This here is your host, the Red Baron of Boots on the Street podcast. Well, man, you know, we are experiencing a serious cultural shift in America. A very, very serious cultural shift in America right now. Tonight, I want to talk to you guys about the beef with the squad, the four congresswomen, Cortez, Omar, was Talib, and... I think Rashida is the other sister name. Uh, them versus Trump, but them also versus Pelosi. And, and before we go into the whole riff with everybody, I want to say something. Look, I don't agree with the squad, all their political views, but I welcome them. I do welcome them. And I'm going to tell you why. I know you guys probably say, oh, what? This is unheard of. You know, the Red Baron is a... Uh, Welcoming these uh these people that got kind of like socialist views. Uh, I don't agree with all their political stuff. But the reason why I welcome them is because they represent a new era in politics. Just like Trump. Everybody don't agree with Trump political views. But Trump represents a new era in the Republican Party. The way he carries himself, I don't agree. I dare sure don't agree with everything that he does. I'm just, just follow me here. We're talking about cultural change, cultural change. And this is frightening to a lot of Americans. It's frightening to a lot of old Americans, it's frightening to black Americans, and it's frightening to mainly white Americans and immigrants that see themselves as Americans. So, but the thing is, when you, when you have someone extreme like Trump, by nature, you're going to get something extreme on the opposite end like the squad by nature. That's also the same reason why the Democrats is going to lose in 2020. Not because of the squad. It's because the Democrat party don't have anyone as vocal and as extreme to meet Trump's energy. They don't. Uh, Biden is weak. Bernie has the political view, but... He don't have the energy to go against Trump. He don't have the vigor. Kamala Harris might be, she's not even a worthy opponent against Trump, to be honest. But out of, the, out of all of them, I see her winning the Democrat candidacy. I think she's going to take it. But uh, we're living in some changing times. We're living in some very, very drastic changing times. And for, I'm going I'm to touch on the squad right now. The squad are four young congresswomen of color. They're not black American. They're women of color. They're not black Native Americans. They're not part of the Ados family, so to speak. I think maybe the girl from Boston is, but the rest of them are not. Um, Cortez is Puerto Rican. I think Talib is Pakistani, if I'm not mistaken. And Omar is Somalian. And I think the other girl's from Boston. Uh, when we, as Americans, and I'm talking about something cultural here right now. As Americans, we're used to, in politics. I remember growing up as a child in the 80s in New York. And I remember, you know, every time you thought of a politician, you thought of a white male with his hair neatly combed over in a three-piece gray suit. Very bureaucratic, like or an older white male. And then late in the 80s and 90s, you start getting, you start seeing white women popping up in politics. And they were just as stuffy looking and uptight and conservative. Like, 
in the 80s and 90s, you couldn't tell who was a Democrat and who was a Republican, really. They both looked alike and they kind of had similar political views. Fast forward 2019, shit done change. Demographics done change. You know, you walk outside your door. I live here in South Carolina. I walk outside my door. I see mostly black people, immigrants, everywhere I go now. Walmart. Like, and to be honest, I'm going to be real with you. When I'm in Walmart, white people are starting to look like the minorities. And if I do see a white woman, she got a baby most likely by a black man or a Mexican. Times are changing. I'm telling you, I think they said by 2025, white people are going to be the minority. I, I, I beg to differ. I think white folks are already the minority in the country, and they're just telling us that lie to keep us psychologically feeling like we're beneath them or disenfranchised. That's just my view. I, I think because I go to too many places and I see mostly black people or people of color more than I see white people. Yeah, if you go to Lexington, South Carolina, it's mostly white people there, but that's their little hub. Think about that. All they got is one town. Because even West Columbia got a lot of black people and Hispanics, and the rest of Columbia is filled with nothing but black people, Hispanics, uh, immigrants, you know. And, and to me, we seem like we're outnumbering whites. And that's right here in South Carolina. I'm not even talking about like Brooklyn or the Bronx or Harlem or Rockland County, New York, uh, somewhere like that, or Florida. We have a cultural shift. But white men, you can blame your white women for that because they stopped reproducing when everybody else kept on reproducing. And, and you can't win a battle if your women ain't out here reproducing and making a, making a whole new generation. But anyway, let me get back on point. So these women are not black American women. And the reason why some black American women like Whippy Goldberg feel threatened by the squad. Yes, I'm calling you out, Whippy, because I didn't like the way you treated Sonny on the, on the View show. And, and, and you represent exactly what I'm getting ready to go into. Some black American women feel threatened by the squad because these women are women of color. Yes, they are. They are melanated people. Yes, they are. But they're not black Americans. See, black Americans grew up in this country around white people since slavery. We've been here for 400 or 500 years in this country. We understand how white Americans think. We understand how our judicial court systems work because we have been victims of it. For generation after generation after generation. And every black American know what I'm talking about. Especially if you come from an educated background or hard-working black American people. You know in your household you was always told, you got to dress like them. Uh, don't braid your hair. Don't cone roll your hair. Don't listen to that hip-hop music. Watch how you talk when you're around white people. Use proper English. All these things, you know. Uh, basically, I remember being in high school was... To, they told us in Rampo High School to emulate them, but don't marry them. That's also in the book by Lawrence Otis Graham, Our Kind of People and Member of the Club by Lawrence Otis Graham. Same thing came up. Um, he mentioned a book. He, he's, old, he's a lot older than me, but uh, he wrote these books and he talks about how in the black American culture, we were taught to emulate white Americans. Go to the top school. Now, that don't make you white because you go to the top school, but just do the cultural things that they do to get ahead. Learn how to conduct yourself in a proper way when you're around white people. But what that does is to black Americans, it puts us in this in this bad mental mindset of where you have a schizophrenic culture. Like you're one way around white people and then when you get home around your own black people, you're another way. So we, we end up developing something called code switching. 
Meaning when we're around white people or if you see black Americans and black Americans notoriously known for it, you don't see immigrants do that too much. And there's a reason for that, which we're going to touch on. So black Americans, when they're around white people, you see a lot of time they, they use a certain diction in their voice. You know, they might say, hi, Mr. Jenkins, welcome to such and such store today. You know, they speak very proper. They're pronouncing every uh, letter and their words. And that's not meaning that you're white because you speak in proper English. It's just that. You know what I'm talking about, black Americans. So don't play stupid because, like I said, we've been here in this country for 400 years. We know what code switching is. We're one way on the job, and then when we come home, they all, like the women say, let your hair down. You're a whole nother way when you come in your house. Instead of you saying door, you say dough. Instead of you saying, uh, you're going to get a spanking. You say, I'm going to knock someone on the ass. So there's code switching. Try, we spent 400 years trying to simulate into white America culture. Dress like them. Talk like them. Go to schools like them. Uh, pick up their sports and their hobbies. Why, I don't know. Because they kids end up copying black Americans. Like with hip-hop and everything. And slang and style of dress. Uh, so, what happens is our aggression becomes diluted. Our outspokenness becomes diluted. If you're too outspoken, that people in the black community will call you radical, militant. That was something to be in the black American community you look down upon. You're too conscious. You're too militant. You're too radical. You have to know how to get along with white people. They run the world. I actually had heard old black Americans say that. And a lot of old black Americans came up through Jim Crow, segregation, civil rights movement. I understand. You don't see... Black Americans get their ass kicked for so long. Dogs and stuff sick on them. Yeah, you're scared. You are scared. You are frightened. You turf At heart, you really are terrified of white people. I live here in the South. A lot of black Americans are terrified. They talk a good game. Boy, they talk some shit. Woo! Especially to each other. They love coming down and talking shit, bashing one another. But guess what? Just like on a job when I worked at Department of Mental Health on Farrell Road, it was the black nurses or they always talk shit to their own black staff, especially black males. They belittle us, insult us, just talk down on us. But they would never talk like that to a white female or male staff. They kiss their butt. Now, they, now, they're the supervisor over these white staff, but they just kiss their butt. See the slave, how the, the impact that slavery done had on them? But you could bust up on your own people. It's no different than black parents in South Carolina that beat the dog snot out of their little children, but then go to work and kiss boss man ass. You come home and you beat the snot out of your little baby children, but you kiss the white man butt on the job. See the impact slavery done had? Now let me get back into the squad. What I like about these women, what I do like about them, they bringing their culture to the table on a daily basis. In all fairness, black Americans really don't have too much of a culture to bring to the table. Like I said, we spent 400 years trying to assimilate into white America's culture. But these women, even though they're people of color and they are American citizens, but they stem from other countries. They stem from non-traditional black religions. See, if things hit the fan, they could get on an airplane and go back to their country of origin where their parents or grandparents might have came from. Black Americans can't. We're just stuck here in New York, South Carolina, Georgia, wherever you at. You just stuck here if something goes down. But um, they bring their culture to the table on a daily basis. That Talib chick, ooh, 
boy, she go from zero to 100 so fast. She be cursing and everything. And that's why Pelosi don't like her because, who she got a mouth on her. Cortez, Cortez, Puerto Rican. And I know Puerto Ricans are part of America, but Puerto Ricans maintain their culture. They could go back to the island. They have a, a different language, a native language and stuff. They, they have different music and everything. They have a culture. And they could be fiery too. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because trust me, I dated lots of Puerto Ricans. So I'm not hating on Puerto Ricans. I love y'all. And you girls out there already know how I get down when it comes to y'all and stuff. But um, they bring something to the table. Then you got Omar, the Samayan. Come on, that's not black American. That ain't no Geechee girl. I be boxing with it from Charleston. That ain't no Geechee girl. This is a Samayan girl. Muslim. A Muslima. Ooh, I love her. I love her. I don't agree with her politics, but I love her fire, her ambition, her drive, her, her courage. I love it. I love it in all of them. I don't agree with their politics, but I love it because they stare in the pot up. Same reason I like Trump, because he's staring the pot up. If you would have had Hillary Clinton office, we would have been sleeping still with our feet propped up. Black America been asleep too damn long. We need somebody to shake things up. And some people say, we've been going through slavery for 400 years. But guess what? We went to sleep for about 10 years. At a critical time in this country. When everybody else is woke. But Omar told the president, I'm going to be a thorn in your side. You don't have no black American woman talking like that. This woman... Got heart. Why? Because she didn't assimilate. And I and I, I brought this up to a co-worker of mine on a job. I said, where's all the black American women at? How you have Kamala Harris running for president? And then you have the squad of women of color from different countries or, 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 or um, descend from different countries. Where is our black American women? And he said, they too busy sitting in the church waiting for a cowboy to come from the sky to save them. Scared. Singing hymns and songs for three hours on a Sunday. And and I think there might be some truth to that. I mean, you could have whatever religion you want. But have black American women became so assimilated that now the new era of politicians are, are immigrants or women that descend from immigrants? Are, this the, are they the new face? Did black American women just get bumped aside? Because keep in mind, and black men, let me get on you black American men too. Did you just get your behinds bumped aside too? Because we had Obama for eight years. And Obama was not a, a traditional black American. His father was from Kenya. His mother was white. Like I said, every time you look through history, when black Americans try to run for president, they made us look like a joke. Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, made us look like a joke as a community. But these immigrants are getting, these all these women descend from immigrants are getting a lot of respect. Big pats on the back, big pats on their back for the outspokenness. Where's my black American women at? Why have you not been outspoken like these uh, young women are? And then when you do see black American women talk, you get this Whoopi Goldberg, this assimilated Negro uh, living on their knees. And, and she mad because she knows the cultural shift too. And, and, what, and what these young girls are doing, they're showing. They are showing where black Americans have failed. These women don't care. They're cursing at the president, saying things at him. Now they even got Pelosi on the ropes. Calling Pelosi out. 
And I love what Trump did because Trump jumped in and took Pelosi's side against the squad. See, he, he playing the art of war. Playing a smart game of divide and conquer because this this make the Democrat party look bad when the president got to come, when you know he don't get along with Pelosi, but he's coming running to her aid over the squad. Was Pelosi wrong for what she did? For singling him out? Yeah, but the squad had their hand in it too. And, and I do agree with Whoopi Goldberg. She said they should have kept it behind closed doors. But I'm going to tell you all something, America. The Democrat party is going to lose in 2020. And this is how they're going to end up losing. If you look at the Democrat party, it is extremely fragmented. It's separated. Everybody's fighting with each other. Everybody pointing fingers at each other. Then you got the squad coming in. The squad is the future of politics. They are the present. They represent the now. Because the thing is with the older generation, you guys are still playing old ass politics that has messed this country up. This country is ran by young people now. Young people calling the shot. They in charge of technology. You got social media where we could dialogue differently now in, in real time when you couldn't do that in the 80s and 90s. This is a young person world and this is a young person politics. The problem is the old people is trying to hold on to their era. It's just like when you go to some churches and you see these old ass deacons and pastors that shit hang it up. They still preaching and they got all these young members in the church and they're not training anybody to be a minister or, or, or um, a missionary or a deacon. They got all these young people and they keep them there talking to them like they're children. You know, you need to hang it up. It's time for you to sit down and let somebody else get up in that pool pit and can preach from a perspective that could reach more young people, which is the majority of the members of your church. See, no old person in church can't tell me nothing about the world which I live in. I'm living in this modern day world. I'm dealing with this modern day economy. I have the modern day education. You can't tell me why I need to go if you ain't been there. We living in different times. We experiencing also with Pelosi and the squad, you seeing what they call ageism on both ends of the spectrums. They think Pelosi is a status quo person hanging on to something that uh, breeds racism. Uh, Pelosi think that these girls is young and disrespectful because of their age. So you see ageism. Here come Trump playing both of them against each other. Smart move, Trump. I peep your game. Smart move. But the Democrat Party going to lose. But they're going to lose. Trump. Trump's going to win again. He's definitely going to win again. But after Trump, the Democrat Party is, is going to have a president. And it might be one of these uh, girls. I do believe that when we get a, a, a president, it's going to be a female. And, of course, they're going to be far to the left. Because that's where the Democrat Party is at now. The Democrat Party is going to come back after Trump wins a second time. For the next election after that, they're going to come back with a vengeance. They're going to be a threat to be wrecked with because Trump ways eventually is going to destroy how young people see the Republican Party. Even young white people, how they see the, like young white educated people, how they see the Republican Party. And everybody's going to start, and also the country's going to become more brown, more immigrants, you got more gays, transgenders, all this stuff increasing rapidly in society, and everybody's going to run so far to the left. Will we become a socialist nation? No, but there are going to be some socialist ideas implemented into this country after Trump wins the second time. By that time, the Democrat Party is going to be healed they're going to be one and they're going to be they're going to be one voice, one unit. and They're going to be in cohesive with each other where they're going to be a threat for what's the uh, what's 2020, 2024 for 2028. I think they're going to be a, 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 a force to be reckoned with. 
But right now, they're not going to win. They're too fragmented. They're all over the place. Look, look who we got running. Biden, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders. Really? And people say, how can you say that? Trump is horrible. I didn't say Trump not horrible. I'm talking about their strength. They're, Trump has a strong support group, and they are in unison with each other. They're not falling apart. I mean, you got the squad beefing with Pelosi. Pelosi beefing with the squad. People, right now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you how weak the Democrat Party candidates are looking. They spent the last two weeks talking about the squad. Oh, they even, particularly Cortez and Omar. Those women have more camera time and more publicity than our Democrat candidates that are running. You go up on the street, people can't even tell you who the Democratic candidates are, but they can tell you about the squad. Go on YouTube. You see more videos on the squad than you do on, on our Democrat Democratic candidates that's running. Facts. Facts. That tells you where the energy is coming from. It's coming from these women, the squad. They got the energy. They got the cameras on them right now. It's about them. They're taking over the Democrat Party. I don't agree with the politics, but I love a good shakeup. I love a good shakeup. Ooh, I welcome it. I love a good shakeup, America. Ooh, I love it. You just don't know how bad I love it. I love a good shakeup. Where do we go from here? Trump not going to back down. Omar not going to back down. Tyler not going to back down. Cortez not going to back down. Watch how these girls talk to the um, other congressmen. Go on YouTube and look it up. They belittle these white men. They belittle these white men. Are they too aggressive? Are they, are they, uh, what the old fool you say? Getting too big for their britches? Maybe the reason black American women wasn't that aggressive towards white males and, and uh, Congress stuff because they know how dangerous it could end for them. They know how white America, your ass might turn up missing somewhere. Rape, kill, your ovaries ripped out and sat on fire. Like I said, black American women have been in this country for 400 years. We know, as black American people, men and women, we know the ugly side of racism in this country. We know if you become too outspoken, someone might come for you or a group of people might come for you. Now, Omar said that, and Cortez said that what Pelosi did by seeking them out is uh, they having threats on their lives now. I don't think Pelosi just by them doing that, that Pelosi was uh, is fully responsible for that. I just think who these women are in their politics, you got quacks out there that's going to uh, threaten them. And it didn't help when Trump went to North Carolina. And Alex, I live in South Carolina. So another thing, too, I want to talk about when Trump went to North Carolina and they were screaming, send her back for Omar. Send her back. Did y'all notice how many white women was in that crowd chanting? There were more white women faces than there was uh, white men. And this is another thing I try to tell you black American women. Y'all run behind Becky and all of them? Or you think your white teacher is so nice and love love uh, Tyrone, little Tyrone and stuff? When she go home, she puts on that red Donald Trump support cap and go to these rallies and she be the main one up there screaming. You think these women are your friend, these feminist women are your friend? My thing is this, why you didn't see one Republican white woman come out and say it was wrong for the uh, for them chanting center back in North Carolina? If you watch the news, these here ain't no white trash women, but they taking up for Trump. These aren't white trash women. 
These are well-to-do white women, and they take it up for Trump. We live in an era now, you better believe people when they show you who they really are. See, it hurts black America because, like I say, you've been here for 400 years. You done did battle with so much shit. And it hurts that in 2019, you're seeing the ugly side of racism wearing his head again. And it never left. But it's just in our face now on a daily basis. And this might, like, I I work with a black woman at my job. And she's from the island originally. She has a child. And she told me she don't talk to her child about race. And she don't think about race. And I think the reason, some of the reasons she don't think about race is because she can't deal with the reality of racism in America. She can't deal with that there's people out there that really hate her and don't even know her. Or hate her child and don't even know her child. Or there's people out there that are so racist they, that they might even rape or harm her child. Out of spitefulness. See, when you wake up as a black American descendant of slave, that shit is engraved in us. Of who we are. It's engraved in us. We, we walk out that door. A cop pulled me over. The first thing I think is, oh man, he's going to be racist. If you don't get a job, the first thing you think is, is because they, uh, they're racist. You get declined for a housing loan, are they racist? You get declined for an auto loan, they tell you you got to put down more money on a car, are they racist? They make me pay more money than a white person would, which a lot of times that is true too. There's a lot of discrimination in the auto industry. Black people are known to pay higher interest rate on cars than uh, white people. I hate going to car dealership and buy a car like Ford dealership here in Columbia. Those are some damn bigots down there. On Garners Ferry Road, don't go to them. Those are some bigots. You can look at them and see the bigotry in them. How they treat you. Oh, I don't like them. Ugh. But let me get back on point. Back to the squad. The squad is the future. They're the present. They're here now. And white women going to have to learn how to work with them. And white men definitely got to learn how to work with them. Because see, white people not used to seeing somebody that's melanated talk shit to them. Because you get our black American women, they quiet with their hands folded and speaking proper. And you can't tell, if you walk in a room and you heard a black American woman talking politics, you couldn't tell between her voice and a white woman. These women come in here with accents, rolling their head, rolling their head and waving their finger like they back in the Bronx. You got Omar with the hijab on, talking trash against Israel, against Trump. Ooh, they're not used to that. Ooh, I love it, though. I love it, but guess what? For my black American descendant of slaves, we don't have a dog in this fight between the comments with Trump talking about sending them back. We're black Americans. He wasn't talking to us. Shit. My people from damn Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Florida. He wasn't talking to us. Shit, my people been here longer than any white person uh, that was chanting, send them back. My people in this country for 450 years. Mixed with European, Native Black ancestry, and and, uh, Native American ancestry. I ain't going to say African because I got my family history tree. And I ain't see shit on there saying that somebody was was imported to this country from Africa. I go all the way back to the 1700s and 1600s. I don't see nothing on my sheet saying that uh, we came from Africa. As far as all I can see, we always been here. That's what it always said. And we were mixed race. We always been here. That's a whole nother story. I'll get into that later on one day too because I'm just going to touch on it for a second. But one time they were telling Trump about the horrors that black Americans went through. They was taken from Africa and shipped here and put in slavery. And Trump said, that's a lie. That's not true. I caught what he said, but I guarantee you y'all didn't because y'all just so stuck on the whole slavery thing. 
I said, did this man just tell something about black Americans that we don't know? That some of us don't know? What happened if we was already here, America? What happened? Because they, if you read the history of the Europeans, when they said they came to the southern states and they saw the Native Americans, the Native Americans, they looked like Ethiopians. They had curly afros. Even in the Caribbean, they said the same thing. Now, it is fact that there was Africans already in the Caribbean when Trump, I mean, not with Trump, when uh, Columbus already got here. That came here from the west coast of Africa. Columbus had Moors on the ship with him that already came here before 300 years before Columbus. And they knew how to get here already. And that's how they kind of helped him navigate how to get here. That's a whole nother show. But what happened if we was already here? Because whether we was already here or not or bought here, I don't give a damn. My ancestry, I was, I'm still here longer than any white American. You white, you Irish, Italian, y'all came here way after us. Polish. Norwegians, Russians, y'all came here way after my ancestors. My ancestors were here when the damn Declaration of Independence was written in the Constitution. Black Americans are the only people that fought in every war. So when I tell black Americans, hey, fall back. Don't jump into every fight. Because I just had an argument the other day with a, a guy from the Virgin Islands that came into my place of work and told me that black Americans don't deserve no reparations. Now he jet black as tar. And I told him, I said, if it weren't for black Americans, your black behind wouldn't be in this country because you want to stay in your island. And I said, if your island's so good, why did you leave your island? Because I said, everything that you got here, white America didn't give it to you. Black Americans fought for it. The fact that your kids could go to a desegregated school. The fact that your black charcoal behind could vote in this country. And many, many other things. So don't tell us what black Americans don't deserve. You wasn't here during Jim Crow. You wasn't here during the civil rights movement. You weren't here during slavery. That's why I tell black Americans, sit your behind down and stop running to the aid of all these immigrants. Let these immigrants hold their own nuts. Fight their own battle. And I ain't got nothing against immigrants because if you will, if you understand my plight as a native black American, then we're allies. We're allies. But I don't like that because a lot of immigrants think they work harder than black Americans. They think black American people are lazy. They think the worst of... I know, I know back in Rockland County, New York, I know a, a Haitian girl that told me her mother told her don't marry no black American man don't bring him in the house and I know a Haitian man told he said his mother told him don't bring no black American woman in the house cause all they gonna do is get a divorce and mess your money up some of that is true though but still let them fight their own battle let them deal with this white supremacy on their own so they have a good understanding of where we're coming from and that's why a lot of these uh Descendants of immigrants are running scared in this country now because they're like, whoa, wait a minute. And we thought we were the favorite, the favorite colored folks that, that white America loved us. Huh. Let me tell you something. The Trump, the, the comments that Trump made was not racist about their country. I want you black Americans to get that shit straight. Understand terms so you know how to fight and counter things. What Trump said was from a nationalist perspective. And that's what's going on in America today. You have heavy nationalism, which is dangerous. Amongst white Americans, they believe if you ain't American or you don't descend from here, you're not part of the country and you're an enemy and you need to get out. That's the mindset now. That's nationalism. That's not racism. It's called nationalism because they don't care if you're a pale looking Arab or, or you're an African from Africa, Somalian or something. They, the whole or Puerto Rican. They, their whole thing is nationalism. Are you part of America? Are you are you supporting America? Are you for America only? 
And if you can't answer none of that and you're caping for Mexicans coming across this border and, and other Hispanics coming across this border and you caping for uh, African immigrants coming over here from different places out of Africa, man, they don't see you as part of their country They're gonna, and they want your ass out. They want you out. It's, 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 it's a nationalist perspective which is could be just as dangerous as racism because nationalism breeds Nazis, neo-Nazis and hate groups. That's what that breeds. It breeds hate groups. But for all the, Af- like I said, I, at my job, I had an African come into my job too. See, I've been running to it with some of these immigrants. He yelling at the black American girl that I work with, cursing us all out, talking about fuck America, I'll kill you fucking shitty black Americans and stuff. You know, the girl I work with is Jamaican, but still, they don't like Caribbean people either, uh, a lot of people from Africa. And this guy here had to be from like the Congo or somewhere. And I said, all right. And I told him, I said, that's why I voted for Trump. Build my wall. If you don't like my country, I told him, get the hell out. If you got something wrong with black America, take your ass back to damn Africa. Remember, you came to this country for a reason. We ain't running to Africa. You see what I'm saying, black America? It's hard to run to the aid of some of these immigrants when they talk shit to you on the backhand side. So we stuck in the middle. Oh, and I say, how you play that? Sit your ass back and let them fight this darn white supremacist on their own. When all these uh, black men getting shot down in the street, Trayvon Martin, and every time you look around, there's a black person getting killed in the darn street. How many times did you see a Nigerian flag out there with black people protesting. How many times did you see a Virgin Island or Trinidad flag out there when we were pro- with people protesting? None. None. It's always us. And then they want to get behind closed doors. The American niggas with their pants sagging down, they probably bought it on their damn self. Yeah, now you got Trump and these darn uh, southern white people kicking y'all immigrant ass and you running scared now. Some of you running scared because Omar ain't backing down. That's why I like her. She ain't backing down. I don't hate her. I, I, I don't agree with her politics, but I welcome her energy that she brings. She's shaking it up. The squad is shaking up. Let them be a lesson for some of you black American women that want to simulate. Let this be a lesson. Maybe you need to start speaking up too. Or your church got you too quiet. Telling you not to speak your mind. Keep your hands folded. See, that, that weak, diluted slave nigga shit is over with. I tell y'all all the damn time. I was talking to a Bernie Sanders supporter. I called my phone. I said, let me tell you something. The old white man era dead and the old civil right era Negro is over with. And he laughed when I said it because he knew exactly what I was talking about. That when I said the old civil right Negro era is over with. He know the same thing as a white man on the phone here from Columbia, South Carolina. He knew exactly what I was talking about when I said that. Meaning, this, we're the young generation. We ain't playing that. We shall overcome and let's march bullshit. We ain't running up in no church house on no Sundays and shouting and dancing. The only people up in there most of the time anyway is some gays dancing and buck dancing in church and singing on the microphone. They don't represent real black American men in the struggle out here in this country. Church today is filled with nothing but mostly black women. It's their house, their religion now. And if you a man in there, you know darn well your church weak you. You hard pressed to find a black man in church every Sunday and see him outspoken about politics and racism and culture. He's weak. He's diluted. You could look at him. He got them damn arch eyebrows. Y'all black women know what I'm talking about. A sweet booty taker. Got them damn arch eyebrows. He don't want no wife and no kids. If you got a husband, he probably checking your husband out. That's what's up in the church today. 
or some old, outdated-ass pastor that need to sit his behind down and don't understand what's going on in the modern-day world. Go to sleep. We'll wake you up when the revolution is over with. Matter of fact, I let Omar and Cortez tap you on their shoulder and wake and on your shoulder and wake you up when the revolution is over with. It's a new era. It's the dawn of a new era. The day of the Geechee is over. <laughs> I told y'all before. The day of the Geechee is over. And the squad is proof of that. They're here now. Your time is up. On the Democrat side. Just like Trump is here now. And your time is up. If you some old stuffy room white man or white woman on the Republican side. We are living in times of extremism. Not extremism in the time of blowing up stuff. But extreme politics. Who's going to win? The extreme left or the extreme right. There is no middle. There is no middle. But I don't give a damn because nobody don't speak anything to my community. I sat there and listened to Cortez talk about uh, for the presidency. They go, she said, you know, they're going to try to own. Um, no, Kamala Harris said they're saying, I'm, I'm sorry. But Cortez said the same thing too. But Kamala Harris said, if I get it off, the first thing I'm going to do is help transgender gays and illegal immigrants. She didn't say nothing about black Americans. And some of you old black damn buck, buck dancing coons, you damn swamp bunnies running around here still caping for Harris. And she telling you to, her, to your face she has no black American agenda. We have been forgotten about. Frankly, we've been forgotten about for 400 years. But this time around, we've really forgotten about by a party that claims they represent us and care about us. So like I said, for 2020, I'm, I'm encouraging black America, if you don't get anything, no tangibles or anybody say anything they're going to do for our community, our people, sit your ass at home. Let's show everybody what happens when you don't, when you leave us out the fold. They're talking more about illegal immigrants, gays and transgenders and stuff than they are about the uh, black American descendant of the slaves community and the issues that uh, concern us. Don't listen to these politicians like Killer Mike and Charlemagne the God. Be educated. You can watch YouTube videos on YouTube and make up your mind. Listen to these people talk. Just listen. And when somebody show you who they are, believe them. Don't say, oh, well, she probably really didn't mean that. No, she meant it. She meant it. So where do we go from here? I say, get yourself a martini, pull up uh, some, a bowl of popcorn, and enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Because the squad is a force to be reckoned with. Ooh, they got everybody on their toes. And I love it. I love it. And screw you, Whippy Goldberg. For trying to bash them young girls like that. And they don't care. I tell you what, you wouldn't overtalk uh, that Talib if you got her on the show. You would not overtalk that woman. Because that woman cursed in a heartbeat. That woman said, hell no, she ain't apologize for cursing. She said over 75% of Americans curse. She said, if the president cursed, why should I apologize? I said, see, I like that. I don't agree with politics, but I like that she putting it out there. Ain't going to be no double standards with her. She ain't going to be no weak woman. You can look at these women, tell these women are strong. Even white women are scared of them. <gasps> Where do colored women come from talking like this? We need to get these black American women back on because they, 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 play, they play ball right. They put their head down and be quiet. 
Just give them some butter biscuits and send them to church. That's all they need, some Jesus to get them quiet. I love it. Omar wears the hijab every day. Every day. Making Islam look strong in the house. No buck dancing. Speaking in tongues. None of that crap. She coming with force. Telling a white man in his face, which is the president of the United States, I'm going to be a thorn in your side. Boy, you wouldn't get no black American woman with that type of balls. Hell no. You would not get that in no 2019 out no black American woman. They running high for the damn hills. Woo! America, I'm your host, the Red Baron. We're going to come with more shows. Like I said, I know I've been going for a while. I've been working on some projects, but I'm going to bring those topics that matter. Let your friends know the Red Baron here. I'm not going anywhere. Catch me on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Breaker.com. I'm here. Facebook page, Red Baron Boots on the Street Podcast. Twitter, Boots on the Street Podcast. I am here. And we're going to cover the topics that matter. And I'm just being honest when I tell you the truth on my show. I'm just being honest. You're not going to get no watered down information from me. But America, my slogan is, get ready because we at war. (laughs) And guess what, America? We really are at war. Good night.